Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk with people who are living lives of purpose and doing amazing things that make a positive impact in our world. We take time to listen to them as they reflect on their life journeys and what has shaped them into who they are today and what motivates them to be involved in what they do. Well, kia ora, everyone, and welcome along to this episode of Seeds Podcast. This is Stephen Moe. I was recently asked to share some of my thoughts about stewardship as a lens for looking at impact, particularly here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. And this was part of a week of online events for Social Value Aotearoa. So I just thought I'd share it with all of you as well, since we covered a number of different topics. And I quite often get people asking me a bit about my own journey, and I go into that in quite a bit of detail during this talk. And in the show notes, I'll put a link to the Pecha Kucha talk, which was the inspiration and the reason that I got asked to talk about this subject. Now let's dive into this session. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Megan. I work with Social Value Aotearoa, uh, and I'm very excited to be hosting this webinar for us all. Uh, I'm joined today by Stephen Moe. Stephen is a lawyer, and he works in the impact space, and he's also the host of the Seeds podcast, which has over 200 episodes, and he interviews interesting and exciting people and helps to tell their stories on the Seeds podcast. So thank you very much for joining us, Stephen. It's, it's fantastic to have you with us here today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here and looking forward to sharing um, some of my journey. And um, yeah, it's a great chance to, to talk with you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so today's session is about stewardship and stewardship as a lens for impact and for the sector that we all work in. And this idea of um, working for the future and the seeds that we plant and the trees that we grow, which we will never sit in the shade of, which is an idea that Stephen has talked to me about. Um, so we're very excited to be hosting this session today. Um, the inspiration for the session actually came from Stephen's Petra Kutcher video. So his video where he kind of talks about his journey and himself. And Stephen, in that video, you talk about your career journey and specifically choices that you made and how you came to make different choices um, through the lens of stewardship and through using this lens as an idea of how, how you make choices in your career and what you choose to focus your time and energy on. Um, so I'd love to hear a bit more about this and I'd love for our audience to hear about what inspired me. So would you mind sharing a little bit about what stewardship means to you? Yeah, no problem. To do that, I need to give a little bit of the journey. Um, the first thing yes. is that people Perfect. hear me when I speak um, that I have an accent. So I actually um, grew up in New Zealand but moved here as a child. So just to explain that. Um, and I became a lawyer. Um, I worked at a law firm called Russell McVeigh in Wellington for a few years. And then I worked at an international law firm. So this is a firm that had 4,000 lawyers. Um, if you can imagine 4,000 lawyers across the world in 55 offices. And we were doing major mergers and acquisitions types of deals. Um, we were doing deals that had many zeros at the end of them. Um, and so that cross-border M&A basically involved helping rich people become richer. And I realized after about 12 years of doing that, um, being based in London, Tokyo, and Sydney, that actually um, I was not really feeling as, as fulfilled from that job. Um, and so I had done that for a number of years. And the catalyst for coming back to New Zealand from that overseas experience is my children, and they came home one day singing a beautiful song, and it was the Australian National Anthem, because we were living in Sydney. 
And my wife and I looked at each other and we realized, okay, there's an identity forming here. And is this where we want to be long-term? And so I guess that was really the catalyst for me in terms of thinking about the longer-term perspective. I'm starting to think, you know, in a few decades' time, is this where I want to be? Am I developing the relationships that I want? So in coming back to New Zealand, it was a chance to really reinvent myself. My role was as a lawyer, so I'm helping people with buying and selling things and setting things up. But I realized that I could bring a lens of impact and a lens of stewardship to what I do, even in a role that many of you, you know, there's many jokes about lawyers, right? Um, but actually, I think any role, any function that we have, if we look at it with the right lens and thinking about the future and impact, then it can really affect what area that we get involved in. So that was four years ago. And um, since then, I've done a lot, um, written a book about social enterprise and the idea of combining profit and purpose and how we do that, and really trying to look at things in a longer term perspective. And so that's why I'm really interested in the concept of stewardship and mm -hmm. the concept of kaitiakitanga, the idea that we are not just about generating money or profits for ourselves, that it should actually be a longer-term vision, thinking about, you know, our children and our children's children, rather than the short-term quarterly profit reports and things like <laughs> that. That gives a little flavor, maybe. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really fantastic journey that you've been on, and thank you for sharing it with us. Um, so you, you're quite heavily involved in the impact sector in New Zealand now, based down in Christchurch. Um, you worked on the Impact Unconference earlier this year, which, I, which is where I first saw you. Um, and you also support a range of, of charities and social enterprises through your work as a lawyer. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about the work that you do and um, the sector that you support and how stewardship as a lens comes into this work and how you kind of apply it in your day to day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, as, as you mentioned, I think um, one of the things is, uh, for me anyway, it's about catalysts and being a catalyst for impact and helping other people. And sometimes that means that you're not necessarily like this call here, I'm kind of giving you my perspective, but mm -hmm. sometimes being a catalyst is being behind the scenes. And I actually think that we need more of that type of generosity of, of people that you'd never even know that they were involved necessarily, um, but actually that behind the scenes, they're having real impact. So the way I view it in, in my own role, um, working as a lawyer, it's wonderful because I know I can't help the thousand children who need help in this particular area, but I can help the person who has the idea to set something up to help mm. the thousand people. And I think it, if you approach it with that attitude, um, then if you can help bring your skills and your knowledge and be a catalyst to help the person, then that's actually a huge way to have impact. So that's kind of how I approach things. And I'm trying behind the scenes often to be involved in supporting initiatives, whether it's charities or for-profit businesses. And the lens that I'm always using um, is the word impact. And I know it's kind of a trendy word right now, but I actually think it summarizes really well what many of us are trying to achieve. Um, mm. So the, the vehicle, I think of it, you know, like you can buy a car, which is a four wheel drive car. You can buy a car that's two seater. 
you know, you choose your vehicle depending on where you want to go. And in the same way, I'm trying to have impact by helping people to choose the right vehicles for the impact that they want to have. So that kind of answers a little bit of, of that. Um, just the other things I'm involved in to give a flavor, um, the impact and conference was an idea. We were gonna do it in person here in Christchurch. And then we pivoted and we had about 350 people sign up for that event. And we had 32 different sessions in six different Zoom rooms. So I was the facilitator with about 20 volunteers supporting that. And it was an amazing team that came together. And all of those videos are up online now as well. If you, if you Google impactunconference.nz, that's, the, that's the, where that is. Um, but I'm also doing a podcast called Seeds. So every Tuesday morning, I'm interviewing somebody who's doing something inspiring because I believe that stories are the way that we learn the best. And so often um, you can read a paragraph about a new initiative, but if you understand the background of the person and understand their childhood and the, the role that their grandfather or their grandmother played, you know, it just adds such depth to the understanding of who they are as a person today. So in the podcast, they go for about an hour. They're very long form. And I'm really trying to get to the heart of the individual to understand who they are and therefore why do they do what they do. So those stories, the podcast is called Seeds. It's up to, I think, 83,000 listens across the 215 episodes. And the aim is that every week you'll be surprised at how different the guest is to the week before. So... I just interviewed Margaret Austin, who's 88 years old and was an MP in the 1980s. And I interviewed a six-year-old. And I interviewed, uh, you know, a nun who had gone in um, helping with palliative care since 1949. So really varying stories from our beautiful land here in Aotearoa of people doing amazing things. Really fantastic and inspiring. I, I particularly like what you mentioned about using what you've got to make impact. So not trying to fit yourself into a different box or trying to embark on a career change to move into the charity sector or whatever it may be, but looking, reflecting on yourself and thinking, what are the skills, what are the opportunities that I have to support people who are making impact and to, to make myself relevant to the change that I want to support in the world? Um, I think that's a really great approach and I think lots of our listeners hopefully um, will support it as well. I just want to encourage the audience if you're joining us today, firstly thank you for joining us, secondly there's the chat box and if you have any questions for Stephen please feel free to use that, just um, chuck your question in there and if we have time we will do our best to get to it. Um, my next question for you Stephen is about the sector as a whole, so at Social Value Aotearoa we, we think about the impact sector very broadly, so including charities and impact makers but, and grassroots organizations, iwi organizations, but also including people like researchers, people like yourself, like lawyers, um, corporates, governments who buy impact, people who invest in impact, or um, yeah, a broad, broad spectrum. So with that, with that concept of um, the impact sector, if we call it, um, do you think there's opportunities to use the lens of stewardship, this idea of what we create for the future or the hundred year plan to evolve the sector or to connect the impact sector in some way? I, I think it's an incredible resource. Yes, that's the easy answer. 
Um, and I think that maybe just to go back to the point that you're making, that the reality is that people sometimes think, well, I'm not a leader. You know, look at my mm -hmm. business card. It doesn't say CEO. It doesn't say CFO. I'm, I'm at, in the hierarchy. I'm here. But I always try to encourage people to think a bit more broadly than that. You are a leader. You're a leader of at least one person, which is you. <laughs> and <laughs> if you have that attitude that you are a leader of you, then all of a sudden it unlocks you to be thinking about where can I add value wherever I am within the organization or wherever I sit. So forget about the titles. If you approach your life and your work with the attitude of how can I add value to whatever the task is in front of me, then all of a sudden it opens up the opportunity. And I think people then will resonate with you if you come in with that attitude there will be a place for you in whatever organization. That's the type of person you want in your organization. How, if I'm touching it, if I'm asked to prepare an email, if I'm asked to organize a meeting, how can I make this better than it was? So that's a really important principle, I think, just to get clear. But in terms of stewardship and long-term thinking, this is where I think New Zealand has an incredible um, heritage and richness because if we think about the term of kaitiakitanga and stewardship and the long-term perspective, you know, I, I talk with iwi-based people and, and clients, and some of them have told me that they have a 500-year plan. You know, mm. you're thinking intergenerationally. So how does that change your conception if you're not just focused on the widgets that you're making for the market today, you're focusing on the long-term health of our society in an intergenerational way. It just completely blows apart our normal ways of thinking and, and operating, which is where I think we need to head um, across the all sectors. And I think it's really important to emphasize it shouldn't just be about, look at what those people over there are doing. And I think sometimes we risk being painted into a corner, like the term social enterprise, for example. Um, I'm, I'm an advocate of that, like I've written a book about it, <laughs> but I'm also worried that sometimes people will say, oh, social enterprise, that's what they do. That's what mm. those people do. And take anything like that, charities, that's what they do. And the principles get pigeonholed into labels when actually, the idea that we're, we would look after our employees, that we would be generative rather than extractive. These are principles which should apply to all companies and all organizations. So I think we just, um, in terms of silos, we have to be careful sometimes about how we use labels. And mm -hmm. actually um, these types of principles should be broader and wider. And to just finish that thought, um, I'm really worried sometimes that we end up talking with people who talk like us and we end up being within our own little closed loop of people. And so one of the things I'm trying to do is have cross-sector meetings and cross-sector mm. groups so that you can get an accountant talking with a poet, talking with a lawyer, talking with an engineer, because each of those disciplines has unique skill sets. And too often we end up with, you know, me as a lawyer talking to other lawyers who basically think similar ways and we're missing out on not having the, the 
generation of ideas that would come if we opened ourselves up to being a little bit vulnerable and going out and meeting with people who don't think like us. So that's um, something that's really important. And uh, at, when the lockdown happened, I started some Zoom calls for the charity, not-for-profit voluntary sector. And there's now about 240 or 50 people on that email list. So every couple of weeks we come together. And the point of it is that you've got someone from mental health charity talking with someone from a sports charity, talking with somebody who's a social enterprise. And I think that diversity of thought and mixing is really, really important when we're thinking about the long term as well. Yeah, awesome. Those are such fantastic points you make. I really like the idea you raised about um, about bringing sectors together and about it not just being like you don't just have to be a charity to be working in the impact sector. Everyone, as an individual, and in every every organisation or workplace has a role to play in creating impact and everyone does create impact. It's just a matter about whether you're conscious of it and reflective on it. Um, and that's something, yeah, that's the community that Social Value Aotearoa aims to bring together as well as those who are trying to, to measure and monitor and manage the impact and, and improve it and create better impact. Yeah, had, which, is, which is awesome. And it's why I wanted to do this so much. Yeah. We need to have these conversations and the work that you and the others are doing is so important to, do this linking up, you know, like I don't know all the names here who are listening mm. in on this, but I'm sure I could learn a lot from every single person here. And, mm. and, and, but too often I'll turn to my colleague here and we'll be the ones talking. So yeah, it's just a, it's just a good principle, I think, to be aware of, which again, I've learned this as well because of the seeds podcast, like every week, I'm trying to interview someone so different to the week before. Mm -hmm. And the reason is I want the diversity of thought and experience to be coming through that to then encourage people. And the reason I chose the name seeds for the podcast is that seeds look like they're dead. You plant them, give them the right conditions and they'll grow. So every story, every person I'm talking with, in a way it's like a seed and the listeners hopefully will be inspired to then go and do something in their lives that is, you know, reflective of this other person who did something with the time that they've been given. Mm. <laughs> um, I'd like to talk about COVID. Um, so in the time that we're in, it's obviously the central defining experience for most of our lives this year. And it's a really rare um, uh, it's a really rare phenomenon to have one experience that is so equally shared around the world. Um, I can't really think of many other things that have happened in our history, which are so unifying. Um, and obviously COVID has had a, a ravaging impact on so many communities and sectors across, across New Zealand and across the world, including the charity sector and the broader impact sector here. Um, but do you think there's any opportunities that could come out of it? Or do you think that there's, there's chance for creativity and new ways of working to, to come out of COVID to help jump the impact sector forward or to help um, improve what we're doing? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wrote an article about this actually for the Institute of Directors. So hmm. um, this is an example of trying to be involved in different conversations in different areas. So yeah. I, I'm a, I've, I've become a presenter for Institute of Directors because I wanted, because they also are performing a really important role with their, I think more than 10,000 members of, 
you know, governance boards. And anyway, I wrote a paper or a, an article about what does COVID mean for impact-driven um, organizations. And um, one of the key things I think is that this has given people a chance to pause and a chance to reflect and a chance to be a little bit quiet and you know not go out for dinner but stay home and um and i so i think that's a real opportunity that those of us involved in impact need to be helping people on the journey to reflect on what what have we learned from covid what have what is this meant for us and what might it mean for the future for our organizations but also for us individually and I'm talking with a lot of people who are kind of thinking, well, I've had this idea in the back of my mind. I love this, whatever it happens to be, uh, you know, organic food or cafes or helping people learn to ride a bike, whatever. There's something that's always been at the back of my mind. I've thought I would like to do that one day. And so COVID is kind of unlocking that because people are thinking, well, if I don't do it, you know, when am I going to get around to it? So I'm actually meeting quite a few entrepreneurs who are feeling inspired by these circumstances to go, well, it's, you know, life is short and we're learning that I might as well dive in and get on with it. And um, that's risky, of course, but it kind of opens up that opportunity. Mm. I might, if we can send an email afterwards to the people, maybe we could send a link to the, because IOD just normally their material is kind of behind a wall um, and it's open for members, but they just did a little um, a PDF of that article plus a whole bunch of other articles for the not-for-profit charity impact-driven sector. So I probably won't be able to find it as I'm talking to you and Googling, but yeah. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a PDF which has that paper in it. And I go into a whole bunch of other things as well that COVID is unlocking for us. Cool. Yeah, we can definitely send out um, send it out in an email after the fact to all our guests here today. Um, yeah, I agree with you that COVID is um, obviously a crisis, but has opportunity within it. I think one thing that stands out for me um, hosting this week of webinars here is that we've been able to engage with communities that we wouldn't otherwise um, because we've been forced to use an online model, which we wouldn't normally do. We would normally think, well, it's, it's for networking and meeting people and making connections. You've got to be in the room to do that. And COVID has just forced us into this different reality of saying, no, that's not true. And I mean, you yourself, you're based uh, in the South Island and I'm up here in Auckland and we probably wouldn't be having this conversation um, if not for the crisis. I think the other thing that COVID has forced is different creativity. Um, so I think it's like you say, it, it, it broke people, it gave people a catalyst, a moment of changing the way that they think. And when you challenge your brain to think in different ways, it can, it can spark different new ideas and hopefully some innovation for the future. Um, yeah, I think awesome. so. There was an example, actually. Um, so one of, the podcast is beautiful because I meet so many amazing people. And one of them was Anne Rada. So she mm -hmm. helped set up the Michael Hill Violin Competition um, 20 years ago. And she's actually a professional cellist. And during the interview with her, one of the things she said is, on my tombstone, I hope that it's written that I helped creatives get onto more boards. 
And so her thinking is that creatives, poets, artists, that they bring a different way of thinking mm. to be helpful for governance boards. And so I picked up on that. And then we've written a paper about this topic, which is um, the role that creatives could play. So this is an example, and it's been you know read widely now. And I think mm. it's an example of COVID allowing us to interact and, and create something and then have it go out into the world. Um, I'll put a link to that as well, because I just found the not-for-profit readers and I put that in the <laughs> chat, so. You're a talented multitasker. Yeah, yeah, um, you keep talking and I'll find this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw it out to the audience one more time um, that if you have any questions for Stephen, we've got about five, six minutes left. Um, so please chuck them in the chat while we're, we're lucky to have him joining us. Um, I've got one final question, which I just wanted to bring it back to the individual level. So we started by talking about your kind of career journey and what led you to make different choices um, in your career and to, to guide you to this idea of being a steward for the future. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, I was thinking if you had one piece of advice for individuals, for people on this call, um, to to reframe how they think about it or if they want to be a steward or to, to make greater impact, what piece of advice would you give to us? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I'm just going to put in the chat as well the Pecha Kucha talk. Mm. I did talk a bit about that and maybe this can go out as well. Um, I think for me, uh, I'll just have a, a small story that when I was 21, um, I was given the opportunity to move to Japan. And I was in the middle of my degree studying law. So I'd done three years of my law degree and so one person gave me some advice and they said, you should finish your degree, you should get a job, you should start paying a mortgage and you should get into the system. Because if you take a year out now, future employers are gonna look at that and, and think, is this guy, you know, what's, what's going on here? He went to Japan for a year. Another person gave me a different set of advice, which is when you're 90 years old and you look back on your life, will you have regret? And I'm glad to say that I took that person's advice because I realized that if I didn't take that opportunity and embrace it fully, that when I'm 90 years old, I would probably look back on my life and realize, yeah, I had the opportunity to move to Japan and I was 21 and I did not take it up. So I guess my encouragement to the listeners and to the people on the call would be to just try to think of your own life in a long-term perspective. Too often, I think in our Western way of thinking, it's very short-term focused and we're mm. focused on tomorrow and next week and maybe next year. But how often do we think about when I'm 90 years old, looking back on my life, what do I want it to have stood for? And I think um, some people call this sort of midlife crisis type of questions. Um, I, I think it's a chance to embrace the opportunity, which is, you know, as you get through going through life, the first half of life, often you're focused on what degree am I getting? Where's my job? How much money am I making? Did I buy this car, this house? They're very focused on CV qualities. Whereas mm. the second half of life is very often focused on what will people remember about me when I'm gone. And mm. this comes back to this stewardship point. You know, people are probably not going to stand up at your funeral and say, look at the grade that he got 
when he was 22 years old at university. Like, it, it doesn't matter. It's the things like that person was a mentor. They helped me through this really difficult time. They encouraged me to start my new business. You know, it's so that idea of giving back, if you have the long-term stewardship perspective, and if you're looking at impact from the end of your life, what do you want people to remember you for? Then that gives you a lens to everything that you're doing now. And some of you may be in jobs and you're kind of scratching your head going, how did I end up in this place, in this position? So my encouragement to you would be, when you're 90 years old, will you look back and realize that you have regrets? And if so, you may have to take some hard steps. It may involve losing some income for a while. It may involve retraining, but who cares? Because when you're 90 years old, you'll look back and you won't have regrets that you were in the wrong place. So that would be my sort of, you asked for one thing, that would be a, a really important thing that I would love people to embrace and grasp. And from my perspective, I can tell you that four years ago when I pivoted from being a, you know, acting for banks and for profits to now acting lots for charities, not for profits, social enterprises, people on an impact journey, it's, it's an easy thing to say, which is more satisfying. It's far mm. more satisfying to help somebody who then helps a thousand children than it is to call my client and say, what's the color of your next Mercedes Benz going to be? Awesome. Thank you, Stephen. We've got one question in the chat box. Not sure if you've seen it. It's about the, the strategy, if you have one, for managing positive and negative impact um, and the, the difference between the two especially if you feel like you might have very little influence to make change or that no one is listening to you? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you. I, I think, um, you know, it comes back to that point that I made earlier about you're, you're at least the leader of yourself. So you, you're in control of how you act, how you do things. So if you feel like nobody's listening, then maybe you're talking to the wrong people as well. <laughs> And I guess it's about coming alongside people. I've been shocked with my podcasts. You know, I've interviewed 215 people and I don't think I've had anybody ever say, no, I don't want to be on your podcast. Mm. So what you may find is that if there's somebody who you find inspiring in, in your sector, in your area, most people are flattered if you write an email or reach out to them and say, you know, I would love to um, find out more about your journey here's where I am, here's where I'd like to go, how do I get there? And so that can help just to get other people's input and get other perspectives, which comes back to that earlier point we made. This is great, it's all a big circle. Um, it's about getting more, more perspectives. And if mm. you're not sure if it's a positive or negative impact, then I guess talk to more people, you know, get out of your own silos and, and, and speak with as many people as you can. Um, so that would be my kind of re reflections on that question. Awesome. Well, we're just about at time. Um, so unless there's any final questions from the audience, chuck them in now if so. But if not, um, I would just like to say a massive uh, thank you to you, Stephen, for sharing your time with us and sharing a bit about your journey. Uh, and thank you for all the audience who, who joined on today. I hope it was useful for you or inspiring or that you feel like you're taking something away from it.
There's a very quick comment in the, in the chat box. People will never remember what you say, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Society seems focused on who has the loudest voice. Can you please speak more to this? Maybe if you could give us a, a moment or two of your thoughts on this one, Stephen. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you, but I, I also think it's important to not get caught up too much in how society operates, like to have the bigger picture, the stewardship picture, the long-term vision, um, and realize that maybe maybe not all of us are called to be the next Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, you know, and that's okay. And, so, and some of us will never be on the front page of the newspaper, and that's okay. Our society is so bent on fame and, and fortune and, you know, being the headline, but I really believe that there's a huge value for, we need more people in the background, behind the scenes, mm. supporting those people who wouldn't be able to do what they do if they didn't have more people who believed in the vision and the mission. So I guess it's about having the humility and the willingness to step back from being seen to be the founder or the leader and actually asking where can I have impact within whatever the organization is. So that would be a, a quick reflection on that one. And can I just say as well, I, I just really love speaking and, and talking with all of you. Um, it, it, there's one way that you could help would be have a listen to the podcast. Mm. And if you enjoy it, then please share it with other people. Um, obviously, I'm trying to grow it as a platform that other people can learn from and that they can hear journeys. But I feel like if I say it's a good podcast, of course, I'm going to say that. <laughs> Whereas if some of you listen to it, if you enjoy it, if you're willing to share it on your networks, then it's obviously much more valuable than me saying it's a great podcast. So if you don't mind doing that, and in Apple Podcasts, a simple thing is to leave a rating and review for it. I've got 77 of them, but the more people who leave a rating review, it's easier for other people to find it. And you can sign up for the newsletter at theseeds.nz. I send out lots of material. And if you happen to be in Christchurch sometime, I'm hosting Impact Lunches every month. So there's a lot going on and I'm happy to teach anybody about what I'm doing and, and whether they could replicate it wherever they are. Because remember, it might be that you are the catalyst that starts something like just start having a lunch for people who are about impact and you'll be surprised how it can grow. Awesome. But thanks so Thank much for so the much, chance to Stephen. speak. I've really enjoyed it. That's fantastic. I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it. We've um, found it very insightful as well. We'll send out the link to the Seeds podcast and the documents, the papers that Stephen has referenced, um, probably this afternoon to all of you. Um, and yes, thank you again, everyone, for joining and enjoy the rest of your day. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I know it was a little bit different because normally I'm the one asking the questions rather than being the one answering them. But I certainly had fun reflecting a little bit about my own journey and the concepts of stewardship and impact. Until next time. Mm -hmm.